You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call as today your Indiana Hoosiers grind out a 75-71 to victory over the Minnesota Golden Gophers at the barn in a game of a couple of undermanned teams missing really important players. The Hoosiers found a way to win in, you know, I don't know if this win is more impressive than the Notre Dame game considering the opponent. Uh, but in some ways it may be because, you know, this was the kind of game that I think Archie Miller envisions his team winning. And he mentioned on during his pregame comments with Don Fisher that, that, you know, one of the challenges he's having with this team is teaching them how they are going to have to win games. This team in particular with this particular uh, combination of players that it's not going to be with pretty offense. It's going to be with toughness and with grit and by grinding it out. And that is exactly what Indiana did today. A really impressive victory. The Hoosiers win 75-71. And we're excited to break it down for you on this episode of The Assembly Call. I'm your host, Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. And let's start tonight's show as we start every show. And that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And when I first sat down here, I was going to give the banner moment to Justin Smith for the three-pointer that he made to put Indiana up one. It was 70-68 to 68 Minnesota. Justin Smith drains a three-pointer. They put Indiana up one. They would not trail again. And for a freshman to step up like he did, not just that shot, but the entire day was absolutely huge. But upon reflection, I can't not give the banner moment to Robert Johnson. And it's not just for the totality of his play in the second half. I know he made some mistakes, but obviously on balance, his play was outstanding. But there was a sequence there late in the second half when it was kind of danger zone time and someone had to step up and make plays to keep Indiana in it. And I'm talking about uh, when it was 67 to 62. And it kind of looked like Minnesota had opened up a bit of a lead that they were going to start to push away. And Robert makes two straight and ones. He, on one of them, uh, uh, Al Durham played some really great defense. Robert grabbed a rebound, went coast to coast, scored, got fouled, made it. And that's been a challenge for him to absorb contact and still get the ball up and score. And he did it. And then uh, uh, two possessions later, he got that steal on the inbounds, went coast to coast, scored again and got fouled. And what I loved about that particular play was the aggressiveness you know, and the assertiveness. We have seen Robert really struggle in some of those moments deciding what he's going to do. Is he going to shoot it? Is he going to pass it? And there was no hesitation. He got fouled and he scored. And that was just huge at the time. That made it 69 to 68. It pulled Indiana back to the point where then Justin Smith could take that three and it give Indiana the lead as opposed to it maybe bring Indiana to within two. So, you know, on a day when there were so many big plays made by Indiana down the stretch, it's hard to, to figure out which is the best one. But I've got to tip my cap to the senior Robert Johnson 
who battled through some adversity today and some tough plays, and he made some boneheaded plays, but my goodness, was he big in the second half, scoring, rebounding, just doing the little things to help deliver this victory to Indiana, uh, and what a big, big victory it was, and we obviously look forward to, to breaking down so many ele elements of it for you here. On tonight's show, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Proud, an Indiana-based t-shirt and apparel company that is by Hoosiers and for Hoosiers. And if you haven't checked out HoosierProud.com yet, or even if you have and you need reasons uh, why you should either go for the first time or go again, let me give you a few. The first one is the most important. It's their designs. So we obviously have our assembly call T-shirts there. You can check those out. They now have officially licensed IU gear, which is new this year. So there's basketball-inspired shirts. There's football-themed shirts. There's soccer-themed shirts. Go check those out. And then, of course, they have the designs that they made a big splash with when they came out. Unique designs inspired by elements of the Hoosier State. All of those available at HoosierProud.com. And the second reason is the philanthropy. They support Indiana-based charities. So your purchases of T-shirts at Hoosier Proud will support charities that are based in the Hoosier State. And the third reason is Hoosier Proud is really generous to our audience. They give you 15% off when you go there, not just on the assembly call shirts, but on your entire order. So just go pick out all the stuff you want, uh, put it in your shopping cart. And when you go to check out, use the promo code assembly, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, and you will get 15% off your entire order. That is at HoosierProud.com. All right, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. We start with Andy Bottoms and his Bottoms line, brought to us by iustore.shop. Uh, sorry, we were late getting on. The servers here at the Robert Johnson Fan Club were overloaded, so I could I had a hard time getting on. But uh, glad, luckily, luckily, You've been waiting all season to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do what you can. You gotta you gotta keep them in the holster. But uh, I mean, honestly, the second half, forty three points for IU. All forty three came from Justin Smith, Robert Johnson, and Juwan Morgan. Uh, and I think you throw in Zach McRoberts, who ended ended the game with you know another you know McRoberts esque you know seven rebounds, four steals, three assists. Uh, type game, but uh, th those guys were fantastic, and they're kind of part of the lineup I wanted to highlight. Um, you know, we haven't been doing as much of the lineup analysis. I've still been trying to do it even during the games, and this and this game proved to be interesting, particularly in the second half. So, IU gets down eight uh, early in the second half, within about five minutes, because the first twenty five minutes of this were were basically like Wisconsin. You know, the jerseys had changed, but the game story was the same. I used down eight points at the 1544 mark. They put in, they take out Devontae Green, they put in Al Durham, and IU proceeds to outscore uh, Minnesota by 10 points during like six, six minutes and 22 seconds where they didn't sub at all, uh, where IU didn't sub at all. So they're plus 10. Uh, everybody freaks out, including me, when Robert Johnson and Juwan Morgan go out during that little stretch. Minnesota builds back up uh, a lead, and, and they're up by five with about three minutes left. That lineup gets back together again and closes out the game on an 11 to two run. Um, you know, so those guys again, that's Durham, Johnson, McRoberts, Morgan, and Smith, a total of plus 19 in the second half when that group was wow. on the court. Now, admittedly, the number of options were pretty limited based on one, the health of the roster, and two, how point, um, yeah. how some other guys were playing. Um, but I, I tell you what, I mean, those were those were big stretches, and they were stretches in which the team really, you know, kind of folded and packed it in. Uh, against Wisconsin, it felt like when the game 
took a really similar trajectory. And and so a lot of credit to those guys for bouncing back and, and playing well. And uh, obviously excited for, for Robert Johnson, but you know, great game from Justin Smith. Cue the, why hasn't Justin Smith been playing more uh, crowd? I'm sure we'll get a lot of those questions, but uh, Ryan's I, rant is next. Just, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what it is, but now just, just an amazing performance. I mean, I think this is the kind of thing that we, everybody hoped they'd see, uh, you know, from this team as they went. And, uh, and, there's been some games where you don't know that guys learn something um, and time will tell whether this is a turning point in this season or not. But, you know, I kind of talked about the radio show that is at some point, one of these seniors is going to say, hey, I'm not going out like this. And, and tonight felt like that for Robert Johnson, just, just with how aggressive he was 28, seven and seven um, plus a couple, couple steals is, uh, is not too bad a night for him. So, uh, you know, congrats to, to Archie and, and the guys for getting this one done. And now it's the Ryan says, I told you so portion of the show brought to us by the big <laughs> yeah, look, after the Wisconsin game, I said, you know, maybe it's time to give some of these young guys a chance to do something. Uh, and and I think my point was not necessarily that they'll be better or or that they will definitely rise above, but it's sort of a, what do you have to lose? Give these guys a shot. And today, Justin Smith got his shot and was fantastic. Now, that's not to say that Justin Smith is going to do this the rest of the season, but you know, he provided energy. He provided scoring. He had 20 points, um, you know, only three rebounds, two of them offensive that were big. He did turn the ball over twice. He had four fouls. I mean, th there were parts of it that were imperfect, but the energy he brought, the aggressiveness he brought, it was different than what this team has had before. And it's, you know, if he's just going to be sitting there, you might as well get him in. You know, he's not redshirting. You might as well use him some. And, and they used him today. And of course it was likely because of injuries that he got the start but at the same time the lift he provided with the team was enormous and also now when the other guys like a Colin Hartman who's sitting on the bench is sitting there watching this you know maybe he says hey maybe I need to step up my game a little bit and and have a little more energy and 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 the other freshman might say hey maybe when I get my shot I can prove myself too it creates a competition among these guys a friendly team-based competition of hey we can all do this clearly. I mean, Justin Smith is a talented kid, but that was effort that got him that today. It, it was very little just, oh, I'm more talented than the other guys on the floor. That was effort. It was smarts. And it was taking advantage of an opportunity that was handed to him. And, and I think the biggest play of the game was that three-pointer he hit that was, uh, you know, that gave Indiana the lead late. Uh, it was an enormous play. And, and he had the guts to take that shot. And again, 7 of 10 from the field. He took advantage of the free throw line 4 of 4 and two of two from three-point range in, in 25 minutes. I mean, give the kid credit. He took advantage of an opportunity that was given to him, and give credit to the coaching staff for, for handing him that chance. Absolutely. All right, you are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms, and we are breaking down Indiana's 75-71 to 71 victory over Minnesota. And, you know, when you just kind of take a step back, look, the loss to Wisconsin was obviously very disappointing because it felt like that was a winnable game. But Indiana is able to salvage these first two games in Big Ten play. And now the Hoosiers sit at two and two. Uh, and and look, you know, I hesitate to call this any kind of turning point or start to think that, hey, this team is really going to turn the corner now. Because I think we've seen, you know, this group of players enough to know that a lot of times, you know, as soon as something good happens, you know, something bad is around the corner and vice versa. You know, as down as we felt about Wisconsin, look how the guys came out and responded today. Look how they played. And even more impressive, I think, that they were able to do this without Colin Hartman out there. You know, obviously, you missed Deron Davis a lot, but Colin Hartman is has been kind of a, an emotional leader. You know, and what he did against Wisconsin had one of his best games. 
I really got worried that with him not playing, we'd miss his leadership. But, you know, Robert Johnson stepped up and Juwan Morgan stepped up and those guys really led the way. And so, you know, I want to take a few minutes here and, and just recognize Juwan Morgan as well, because, you know, Robert Johnson obviously led the team in scoring, made the free throws late. And Justin Smith, you know, really emerged with by far his best game. But Juwan finishes with 20 points. He has 12 boards, five offensive rebounds, four blocked shots. And, you know, what I loved about him was that the keys that Archie Miller was really looking forward to or, or looking at coming into this game, number one, was transition defense, not letting Minnesota get out and get on the run. And they did in the first half, but Indiana did a much better job in the second half of limiting those opportunities, in part because they limited turnovers. And I thought Juwan Morgan had a lot to do with that. He really ran the floor well. He had a couple of blocks in transition, but also on the glass. He was so tough with some of the rebounds that he got, both on the defensive end and the rebounding end. And this Minnesota team, which is a really good rebounding team. Now, granted, they're without Lynch and they're without Coffee, and so they're not as good of a rebounding team. But Indiana rebounds 78% of Minnesota's misses. Uh, the Hoosiers grab... On the grab what'd you say? I said they crushed them on the They ground. crushed them. Indiana had 17 offensive rebounds. Minnesota only gets eight. And obviously, McRoberts had a lot to do with that. But I thought Juwan Morgan set the tone early and was just a monster on the glass. And I thought some of the offense that he brought early was really big for Indiana, for a team you know that's on the road, that's looking to get footing, looking to build confidence. So uh, uh, Juwan Morgan, another just outstanding performance um, from him in in. Look, you know, you don't want to say that you can take it for granted, but you can start to count on it now. And I thought this was a big spot against a guy in Jordan Murphy who's a terrific player. And once again, just like he did against Bonzi Colson, Juwan Morgan outplayed him and his team won. Andy, your thoughts on Juwan? Yeah, I mean, he, he, you know, each of each of those guys, you know, particularly Robert and Juwan were guys that when IU really needed a bucket. I know you mentioned that that stretch with uh, with Robert in the second half. I thought there were times, um, multiple times during the game, Juwan hit some big three pointers. Just when when they needed somebody to come up with a play, he was always there. Um, made that hustle play that made everybody, uh, you know, his heart jump up in their throat when he, you know he comes down on. I think Johnson broke his fall enough that he didn't get hurt on that play, but. You know, really just played hard. And there were times that those guys, I mean, they each played 38 minutes. So uh, it's obvious. I mean, those guys just played themselves to the point of exhaustion. Uh, and, and you could just tell at times they were just, you know, kind of gutting it out, trying to trying to pull themselves through it. But uh, yeah, I mean, he, he they really did a good job of of attacking the basket, particularly with Lynch not in there. He's, you know, one of the better shot blockers in the country. Um, also, apparently, allegedly a deplorable human being. Um so yeah. they, they took oh, advantage of, of him not being in there and really were, you know, didn't settle into. They ended up taking 19 threes for the game um, and actually shot a pretty good clip from there. But 51 uh, had 51 two point attempts. Um, and so that's, it, you know, we've seen IU get easily taken out of, you know, you see the plan initially and they get taken out of what they want to do. I thought they really were successful in large part because they stuck with the plan that they had and and, and the movement off the ball um particularly with robert johnson but also with juan morgan just to kind of get himself open in the post uh i thought that was a it seemed like the best that that has been the entire season so yeah definitely credit to those guys i gotta jump in i i gotta credit the coaching staff for getting these guys together and 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 having them stick to what was working and at times and, and dan Dogish pointed this out and uh, i'll give the man credit he was big, right big fan uh, of the show big he's a huge fan of this show um and my I'll wife, give, apparently. I'll give Dan. I don't know anything. I don't know what that reference is, but I'm not going to touch it with a ten foot pole. Uh, no, I, I, he, 
he pointed out that at one point Archie Miller mid you know segment switched plays uh, to uh, to sort of a flex offense, which is a lot like was what Wisconsin runs. And he got a he drew a foul by getting a play going to the basket. And I felt like this was Archie's best coaching job so far. I, I think that he really was, um, you know, on top of things and making adjustments. I know that one lineup that we're all going to talk about where you took Juwan Morgan and Robert Johnson out of the game that Andy mentioned was awful. But I again, I don't think he had the options available to really fix that. I think that he had to kind of roll with that lineup for a few minutes. Well, the, the timing was bad. I mean, you wasted three offensive possessions in a tight game. It, right. It's, it's and, a quibble, but you probably could have avoided that somehow. Well, the problem was is he was trying to get them rest because they played so much. He was trying to get them rest before the under eight timeout. The but maybe stagger was, it, I guess. The problem was is that it lasted. There was a long gap there but until that timeout came, and it really wound up hurting Indiana. But those two guys played 37 minutes. That was really their only extended break. And, and so I think that that was what he was trying to do. And then you could see his his assistant coach was like, Arch, Archie, get him back in the game. Get him back in the game. You know, I mean, you could see it. I It was on TV. You could see it. Um, but I, I think that that, again, you didn't have a Colin Hartman out there. You didn't have a Deron Davis, guys who could you could maybe go to in those situations to calm things down. So it was really just a, he was a victim of circumstance there. Uh, other than that quibble, which I think is 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 a worthwhile quibble that we can talk about. Um, I thought this was his best coach game. I thought he did a fantastic job with the rotations. I thought he did the team did a fantastic job responding to him and just sticking with the stuff that they were running. And then also, you know, doing things like showing the toughness of finishing at the rim, showing the toughness of out rebounding a good rebounding team, out hustling uh, Minnesota in many segments, and also not wilting when Nate Mason got his groove going. I mean, Nate, you know, Nate Mason trying to take that game over. And I, I thought he was going to. I thought that I, I like, as again, our friend Dan Dokic uh, said, I, I, I think that, you know, when that was happening, I was thinking, oh, man, Nate Mason, if he gets hot, this game's over. He got hot and Indiana answered him. And, and, and I thought that was great. So there were a couple segments there of the game where they could have disappeared. They could have gone away. The barn is a tough place to play. And, and they were able to finish it out. So I think the team grew up a lot today and matured now. Let's see if they take if they if they can sustain it or if we see another step back. I know, and that's again, we're going to be hesitant to make any any broad proclamations that the team's ready to do this game in game out. But that's why this win did feel just a little bit different, you know, especially considering what Archie said before the game about the team needing to learn how they are going to win. Like this seemed like the kind of win that is in Archie's image, that the kind of win that he wants his team to be able to get. And obviously shooting well helped. I mean, Indiana shot 42, 43% from three point range. So we can't underestimate how important that was. But this was a toughness game. This was a gritty game. This is a game Indiana won because there were possessions when Jamon Morgan just wanted an offensive rebound more. And because Robert Johnson just wasn't going to be denied getting a bucket, you know, and because a freshman stepped up on the road and made some big plays. And that's the kind of toughness physically and mentally that we've been wanting to see. Now, of course, we want to see it on a consistent basis. Uh, but, you know, you got to do it once. And to do it on the road, I think, is even more impressive and really confidence building uh, for this team that needed a confidence builder on the road. Uh, so that's huge. All right, coming up on the assembly call, I will point out tonight's meaningful moment you might have missed. We will go inside the numbers uh, and continue breaking down Indiana 75-71 victory over Minnesota. That is next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. Hey, just a real quick note here. The next time that you are going to shop online for IU gear, use the URL iustore.shop. 
that will take you to the official IU online store where they have anything you could possibly want. Candy stripe pants, the script Indiana warm-up shirt, all kinds of IU gear. And that URL, iustore.shop, is actually our affiliate URL. So when you use it and buy something, we get paid a commission. So it's a great way for you to shop for the IU gear that you need and to support the assembly call at the same time. Again, the URL is iustore.shop. Please bookmark it and use it the next time you're looking to buy IU gear. We appreciate it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms, and we are breaking down Indiana's thrilling four-point victory over Minnesota today in Minneapolis. And it is time for tonight's meaningful moment that you might have missed. And Andy, you know, you mentioned some really important stretches uh, earlier when you were talking, and I'm glad you highlighted those. And one of them is the one for me uh, outside of, you know, that, that big stretch by Robert Johnson where he scored six straight points. I thought that you know Minnesota made a run where it was it was 40 to 38 if you remember and Juwan Morgan makes that incredible post move to get a wide open bunny and missed it and Minnesota scored six straight points and it's 46 to 38 and it kind of feels like a little bit of a danger zone uh and they eventually get it to a 48 to 40 victory and it felt like things were teetering a little bit and uh, on the it's 48-40. Robert Johnson misses a layup. Juwan Morgan battles for a rebound, as he did all game, and he scored. It was a huge play to just kind of settle things down. The next time down, Robert Johnson goes inside to Juwan. He gets bumped, stays on balance, scores the, on, on a little jump hook. Now it's 48-44. to And I thought that little 4-0 run, led by Juwan, really kind of settled the team down a little bit. And it ignited uh, what, was, what ended up being an 8-2 run uh, that was ignited by that offense by Jawan Morgan. And then it was punctuated when Zach McRoberts got that steal and got it out to head, uh, got it out ahead to Justin Smith. That made it f- 50 to 48. So, again, when things were teetering today, it was the veterans who stepped up. Robert Johnson did it late. Jawan Morgan did it during that one stretch. And even if you go back to the first half, you know, we know how poorly Indiana played at the very end of the first half when Minnesota went on that 8 0 run. But because of the lead that Indiana had built, they still went into halftime ahead. And it was tw- it was 24 to 23. Zach McRoberts forces a bad shot on Isaiah Washington at the end of the shot clock, which he did two or three times today. Uh, Josh Newkirk pushed it out, found Robert Johnson, who knocked down a three. That made it 27 to 23. That ignited an 8-0 run. So just as Juwan did in the second half, Robert did it in the first half. That ended up putting Indiana up 32 to 23 so that they could absorb that bad stretch at the end of the first half. But, you know, I thought that those uh, Indiana's ability to, to, to have a little spurtability tonight, you know, to go on that 8-0 run, to go on the 8-2 run, and especially in the second half, to do it when it seemed like Minnesota was ready to take control of the game for good, I thought was huge. And again, a sign of the kind of maturity and mental toughness that we haven't always seen from this group. And it was so great to see in a tough road environment tonight. Andy, any other stretches for you that jump out? No, I was, I was actually thinking of the one that you talked about with where they kind of went on that run. And and it was in the second half where McRoberts had, you know, I think two out of three possessions. I think he had a steal or forced a turnover uh, somewhere along the way. And that was at a time when, um, you know, IU had, I, I, I stopped looking after a little while, but I mean, 
they had scored, I think, 13 points on their first seven possessions, scored on six of those seven trips. I think they even scored on, you know, the next one or two after that. And that was really what allowed them to build up that, um, you know, that eight point advantage. Um, but as you as you said, during that stretch, McRoberts, I think he had, yeah, he had two of his his steals in about three possessions there where, you know, that led to, um, you know, led to baskets uh, for IU. And he assisted on another play in there. I thought he was really big in that stretch. I mean, it's um, while certainly Johnson, Morgan and uh, and Justin Smith will get the headlines. Uh, I thought the other guy who really played well and came up with some really key plays, the offensive rebound by McRoberts at the end. And um, I think. Jeremy Price pointed out that Justin Smith kind of coming through and, and tapping it off the board, um, you know, cleared some cleared some space for him. But I thought a lot of those kinds of little plays, um, the, the McRoberts type plays that are, you know, often the the meaningful thing that you might have missed where it might not show up uh, in terms of points. And for a guy that didn't score, uh, obviously it didn't tonight, but I thought he made a lot of of little plays in, in key moments that that really uh, stabilized them. And I think he played 32 minutes or something. 30 I think uh, something something similar to that um so he was uh you know I thought he was he was really good in some key spots so that that stretch you mentioned initially in the second half was the, was a big one for me yeah and and look you know that was missing against Wisconsin it, you know Zach McRoberts wasn't really doing Zach McRoberts things you know whether it was just because he was struggling in his first start or Minnesota was kind of keying on him but today he was able to get those things done and man you know you see how important they are I mean they they don't always show up in the stat sheet but they absolutely just jump off the screen when you're watching the team play ryan you've got your meaningful moment yeah it was uh the moment that in archie miller's brain where he decided to insert justin smith into the starting lineup i i think that look i know that he was dealing with uh some injured guys today and and making the choice instead of going uh with you know letting mcrobert sort of slide down into more of a wing uh you know forward position or putting in freddie mcswain or leaving you know al durham in there or something and going with a four guard lineup he went with justin smith uh, a versatile guy who can do a lot of things for you can go get a rebound can can play defense has some length um now it looked at times justin looked like a freshman uh, there there was a drive in there that he he went to the hoop and and got it blocked and just looked disjointed and off late in a key situation um i love the confidence but at the same time come on it settled down a little, huh? Uh, and then defensively, a few times he didn't move his feet and try to body guys and got calls for fouls or just let guys go right by him. I mean, those things are going to happen. He's a freshman, but at the same time, the level of aggressiveness he showed, I mean, it felt like he was ready for this game. He was ready for this moment to step up. Um, and I thought that was huge. And and just the, the guts for Archie to go with a guy who hadn't started. You yeah. know, and, and and to lean on him so heavily uh, today was it was it was pretty gutsy, and I thought that 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 was a game changer. Well, and I want to address something because I, I got a lot of tweets, in, you know, in my feed, you know, people saying like, "See, told you Justin Smith should have been playing a lot more, and why hasn't he been playing? And what's Archie been doing?" And and look, this was a great game by Justin Smith, but just because he played really really well today doesn't necessarily mean yes. that he should have been getting big minutes before. And the reason I say that is because there were reasons why he wasn't playing before. You know, he was struggling to absorb contact and score down low. He was not making outside shots. He was not always bringing, I think, consistent effort and focus on the defensive end. That was different today. So this was a different guy, and maybe it had been a different guy in practice, and that's what gave Archie the confidence. So, look, we don't know. I mean, if Justin Smith had been playing like this every day in practice, then obviously he deserved to play more, but we hadn't seen it in the games. And so I just think it's unfair to look in hindsight and say because he played well today, the coaches have erred and not giving him the opportunity yet. It may just be a case of a guy seizing an opportunity when he got it and 
doing some of the things that he hadn't been doing well, finally doing them well. So kudos to Justin Smith, but it doesn't necessarily mean the coaching staff has been making a mistake all along. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. And also, I mean, as I said, and that's kind of what I meant when I said, I said he was ready for this. You know, it, it, he he stepped on the court and looked like a guy who was ready to have a breakout game. Uh, there was just his body language, everything. And maybe it was something different about coming out first, you know, as a starter, getting his name announced, all that stuff. And and and, and that just kind of locked him in as opposed to sort of running in off the bench. And, and it, it, th- those moments affect guys different ways. And I know it seems like a trivial thing, but maybe it was just sort of like, hey, you know what? I, I can do this. I can hang here. I, I wouldn't be starting if I couldn't. And, and and maybe that gave him the confidence to move forward. And again, that was kind of my point with play some of the younger guys, give him an opportunity. Maybe they're timid because they don't think they belong yet. And you give them a chance to belong. I'm not saying you start all the freshmen. I'm just saying give them playing time. But maybe you give them a chance to belong and you get an extra something out of them. I guarantee you Justin Smith is going to be on fire in practice this week because he knows he can hang with those other guys now. I mean, he clearly did. And so I think that it's, you know, again, and and Archie knows this. It's not like I'm telling. I was telling him anything he didn't know. It's just that you know now you. See I don't think it. you were telling him specifically anything. I mean, well, no, he I, watches. I like how he Ryan watches. always acknowledges that the coaches weren't watching the show and listening for tips, yeah, as if that needs to be clarified. Of the people, ninety percent of the people <laughs> in the Indiana fan base think they know more than the coaches. So at least give me credit for that. Um, but no, I, I think that it's you know just giving you wanted to see it happen. And I think that's why a lot of people were repeating it. Just like, Hey, you know what? We've heard a lot about these guys. Give them a chance to do something. You've seen Al Durham play a lot this year. Um, and, and he's sort of hit a freshman wall and, and hasn't been playing great, but at least he's giving you something defensively. It's nice to see somebody else step up into that position and play well. Andy, you have a point here. Yeah. I, I mean, what, one of the things that, that they talked about with Justin Smith was that I think he and Al were, were guys that Archie talked about really come back and re-energize after giving him a few days off uh, around the holidays. You know, he came back in the Youngstown State game, got to play 11 minutes, you know, scored eight points. He had scored six points in the seven games prior to that. And he hadn't made he'd made one field goal in the prior seven games. So we can certainly argue that they wouldn't get a lot of minutes, but he wouldn't do it a whole lot when he was out there either. Um, so, you know, you can argue he did a lot because he finally got some rope and some playing time, or you can argue the other way as he wasn't getting the rope and the playing time because he wasn't playing well. Um, and I think some of the defensive things that Ryan mentioned were, were part of the issue uh, that we saw. He was, th- there was no in-between for him tonight defensively. I thought there were possessions that he played really well, uh, particularly against Jordan Murphy. And then there were others where, uh, where he really struggled. So, yeah, I don't necessarily view it as that, but I do think it's, you know, two of the three games since, uh, you know, Archie's talked about him being re-energized and, and maybe being able to get past that wall, uh, he's played well. So I think that's a positive sign. And, um, you know, I, I'd certainly he's going to get the chance uh, with Davis out to earn more of those minutes. And so, you know, those who were, you know, sitting on that hot take can can shove it in everybody's face again a little bit more if he continues. I would to never do it. such a thing. And never. if he continues to play, I said those, I didn't single out you specifically. Um, but, uh, you know, and, but, and, and, you know, nobody's going to be mad if he doesn't, if, you know, if he continues to play well. It's not like, well, oh, well, I wish he wouldn't play well. So, you know, it could prove the point. Everybody's, it's a win win. Ryan gets to gloat and I use going to play better if he, if he does well. So I, I, I see no downside here to him continuing to play well. Gloaty Ryan is the best Ryan. Absolutely. This show is only true. Ryan. I'm not really, not really <laughs> sure. <laughs> this show is just a lot more fun when Indiana wins. You know, it really is. It really is. All right. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips breaking down Indiana's entertaining and much needed 75-71 victory over Minnesota. Guys, let's go inside the numbers 
we mentioned the rebounding numbers. You know, to me, that is huge. The fact that Indiana, which was so poor rebounding at Wisconsin, one of the main reasons they lost, Archie Miller called them soft on the glass in his postgame press conference. And today against a really good, you know, rebounding Minnesota team in their building, albeit without two, you know, really good players, Indiana dominates uh, on the glass. So that was obviously huge. And look, we can't not acknowledge the importance of the three-point shooting. You know, Minnesota knocked down nine threes. I believe they had eight in the first half. So they only got one three-pointer in the second half, uh, one or, or maybe two at max. So I thought Indiana's three-point defense uh, was better. I mean, just, you know, not allowing Minnesota to, to get as many good looks because they did get some good looks in the first half. And then Indiana able to knock down eight for 19. You know, and, and what's really big on that is the balance of the three-point shooting. Because against Wisconsin, it was only Colin Hartman. And a lot of times when Indiana has shot well from three-point range, it's been one guy doing all the work. But Robert knocked down three of them. Jawan Morgan knocked down three of them. Justin Smith hit two of them. So to have three guys get going and make multiple three-pointers, uh, I thought was really big. And then, um, uh, you know, the other thing, too, is I think it, for just looking at it from a free-throw perspective, you know, a lot of times you go in uh, to a place like the barn, uh, you know, and you're playing a little bit undermanned, you don't necessarily expect to be able to battle them to essentially a draw from the free throw line. But Indiana, 11 for 15, Minnesota, 12 for 16. So they have, a, you know, a one point advantage there. But I think the fact that Indiana was able to battle them to a draw um, was big when it came to winning this game. Andy, what did you have in terms of numbers that jumped out? Yeah, I thought the free throw shooting was was interesting, or the free throws were interesting because that was really, if you looked at at the the rebounds, was a big thing we talked about with Wisconsin, but or with Minnesota, um, but they had come in, they were, I think they still are, I think it's already updated after the game, they're still tenth or ninth in opponent free throw rate, um, and they're in the top sixty offensively, so to pretty much play them to a draw in that aspect of the game, I think was uh, was certainly important. The turnover numbers weren't particularly high, thirteen for IU. Uh, 14 for Minnesota, and those only led to 12 Minnesota points as 13 IU turnovers. So that really wasn't a, you know, a turning point in the game. Neither team got much off the bench. Um, but you know, the 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 two point defense continued to be pretty good. IU didn't shoot well from two point range by any means. Oh my, uh, we missed some easy looks. Yeah, there was a lot. Of, I mean, that's how you get 51 two point well, attempts in the game, well, and and. You got it. You got to remember at the barn, one hoop is shorter than the other. So, I mean, you know, the guys are just off. It's just a tough day. <laughs> yeah. The, the other, the other number I will point out, and this is off of the site I'm using, doesn't have the plus minus on here yet. So we can, again, throw whatever you want at it for, uh, you know, for a single game. But one guy who we didn't talk about a whole lot, uh, we talked about the, the, you know, kind of the four guys who played really well was Al Durham, who was plus 24. If the numbers that I have are correct when I, I charted the lineups myself. So, um, you know, that's kind of oddly stands out for a guy who scored no points and grabbed two rebounds and two assists. So I don't really know if that means anything whatsoever, but he was by far the best on the team. Well, uh, I tell you what it means. It means that he wasn't Josh Newkirk or Devonte Green, who took a lot. I mean, Devonte Green played well in the first half, but also, I, I you know, finished he, he finished one for six. Josh Newkirk just didn't show up tonight. And we know that there's games when Josh Newkirk just doesn't show up. And I feel like hopefully as Archie gets to know that better, he'll recognize it. And like a night like tonight, he should have only gotten five minutes because he, he wasn't ready to play. And when he came in in the second half, he really hurt the team. And so Al Durham played by default and to a certain extent rode the other guy's coattails to that plus minus. But at least in Al's defense, you know, he played tough. Like Al, there were a couple possessions that Indiana was really struggling. And Al found a way to get to the free throw line or get fouled and at least get something out of it. And so, you know, he at least didn't take stuff off the table. And, you know, for a freshman playing in a tough road environment, sometimes that's all you can ask for. And so he, and he provided that tonight. 
Well, and he Sorry. kept his poise at the at the end of the game when you know Nate Mason was all over him. Then the you know in the last minute trying yeah. to steal the ball, you know, apparently knowing that he wouldn't get called for a foul. Um, and so yeah, I thought he really played with with a lot of poise. He was the one who ended up drawing that foul, I believe, in, in the stretch that um, that we talked about earlier, where you know Archie kind of changed the set in the middle and it allowed. Uh, you know, IU to get fouled, but yes. most importantly to stop the clock so Juwan and Robert could come back in. The black uh, hole in the middle of the second half. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so there was that. But uh, no, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, IU got 11 more shots than Minnesota from the floor, uh, which, you know, the rebounding numbers speak to that. But, I, you know, they just did the little things like that that they're going to need to, you know, they're undermanned. Um, you know, not playing well, but they got a lot of the hustle plays and then assists. That's been, you know, if you look at these last few games, those have been really up and down, was was incredibly poor against Wisconsin. 16 assists on 28 made field goals today. Um, you know, a, a rate that was a lot better than what we saw in the game earlier in the week. I've been Ryan. Oh, sorry. You're, I, I didn't hear you say that. Uh, yeah, look, here, here's my thing. Indiana, 42.1% from three. We've been saying they need to hit some shots. 8 of 19 from 3 today. That's not fantastic. It's not phenomenal. That's not out of the way. But that's sustainable. I mean, that's that's it's 42% is fine. If you hit 42% of your shots, you know, even stretch well, that down between 35 and 42%. Yeah, I was going to say, that would be like first in the country. If you're yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, I'm saying in, a, in an individual game. Why is that so <laughs> In an individual game, I'm just saying you hit. I mean, it is kind of what we're used to. We're having to adjust to this new reality. So That's fair enough. Uh no, no, eight of nineteen. You just hitting eight threes and taking less than twenty-five. We'll say in that range, you know, <laughs> anywhere in there, you hit some outside shots. It spreads the floor and makes guys have to. That's why Indiana had such an easier time going to the hoop because they were actually making some shots and guys were shooting with confidence. Uh, Robert Johnson is still fading back on his threes and it's driving me nuts. But at the same time, he was stepping into them confidently a little more today. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was huge for Indiana to actually knock down some shots. You know, to, the fact that they hit 42% from three and only 40% from the field is surprising because this team's two-point percentage isn't that bad. But, you know, it looked like they, you're right. I mean, you know, you guys have been right. They did miss a lot of easy, you know, buckets on the inside uh, that could have made this an even bigger win for them. So, uh, look, I'm satisfied with hitting a few threes, stretching it out, getting threes from three different players, because it seems like lately we've been getting them from maybe one or two a game. Well, at least another guy got in there and made some, and Jawan Morgan was also shooting confidently, which is positive. Yes, and hold that thought. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. Coming up on the Assembly Call, we continue our breakdown of Indiana's 75-71 victory over Minnesota. That is next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game and every Thursday night on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And you can also always view our live broadcasts right on our homepage at assemblycall.com. I am Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's first true road victory of the season, a 75-71 triumph over Minnesota and Ryan, you mentioned at the end of the last segment, you know, Jawan Morgan shooting confidently. And man, I, you know, I don't I don't want to breeze by that, you know, because he did a lot of his work from three point range in the first half. But I thought that was a really big kind of storyline. And, and we'll have to see if it continues. But, you know, if you remember, you know, going all the way back to Hoosier hysteria, there was an interview with Juwan where he, you know, talked about how his big focus this year was, you know, to prove he can shoot and to shoot with confidence. And we saw him 
you know, in the exhibition games and the first few games really looking for his three point shot. And we all felt kind of to the detriment of the rest of his game. And, and he wasn't shooting him well. And his percentage on the season is terrible. And the season really turned around for him when he ditched the three point shooting and just said, you know what? I'm a really good post player. I'm a really good rebounder. I'm going to go inside, do the dirty work, you know, make the dog plays like, like he and Deron Davis talk about. And that really turned things around. And he's become a consistent contributor, a, a nightly double-double threat. Well, now if he can add the three-point shot back to that, and, you know, look, he was three for four tonight, and more than the makes, he shot confidently. And and we've seen him, you know, not looking so confident, almost like he was trying to will himself to believe he could make that shot. He just stepped up and stroked him to the point where, you know, that three-pointer that he took in the second half early in the shot clock, Maybe not a great shot, but I didn't really have a problem with it because he shot it confidently. He had made some. So if he can do that, add that to his game, and teams have to respect that, now Indiana's best player becomes even better. And I kind of have this feeling like for Indiana to win games this year, he's going to have to be the best player on the floor. And while Robert Johnson you know, scored the most points and had the big moments late, I think Juwan Morgan was the best player on the floor tonight, and Indiana followed him, and that's why they won the game. And so if he can add that three-point shooting to it, it's going to make him even more dangerous. We'll have to see if it continues, but I'm hoping that just the confidence that it looked like he shot with is something that can sustain, and he'll start to be able to make, you know, like you said, if he can make 34 35% of his threes, that's a credible threat back there. Your thoughts on on Juwan shooting, Ryan? Or Andy? Yeah, sorry, I, I'm muting myself. I, I just hesitated like Robert Johnson after a shot fake into the lane. Should have yeah, no. shot it, and I just dumped off a little pass that got stolen. <laughs> I apologize, guys. Yeah, sorry, I'm 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 handling NFL work and all that stuff at the same time as this. Uh, yeah, I look, mean, it was Andy Reid in a playoff game. You probably could have written it, but as an Eagles fan, you probably could have written anything about this prior to the game happening. You're right, and you know maybe <laughs> I had a little more faith in him than I should have. Uh, anyway, uh. I, I, the thing about Juwan is, and and look, there is a degree to this, and it seems so like nebulous and weird to say, but there is something about shooting confidently. You know, I mean, there is form and all of that stuff, but there is a confidence factor. If you're shooting it and you think there's a chance it'll go in or you think it will go in, you're going to shoot it a better and you're going to shoot it more often. And you're also likely going to maintain your form better. Um, and, and with Jawan, I think that it was the best one for him was when he got an offensive rebound, backed out, stood there and fired a three and it was just perfect form, perfect everything. And he nailed it and he knew he was going to nail it too. I mean, you know, he shot it and he knew it was going in. You could just tell from his follow through and everything. Um, so I think that with him, it's, it's just, you see a couple go through and you get excited and you get more focused on it and you're not hesitant. And and that's why um, I think that there's this problem with this team right now is a lot of guys are shooting it with absolutely no confidence. And, and to see a couple guys start to be like, you know what, this shot's going to go in and shoot them, uh, you know, with that confidence is, is a real positive. Go ahead, Andy. I thought Justin Smith was that way. I mean, that one he took late in the game. Yep. He knew that was Very. going in very confidently and he had hit one uh in the Youngstown State game as well I think so and he hit one in the first half I mean he scored those five quick points earlier that I think gave him a lot of confidence yeah that was that was huge for him to to score those points so yeah I mean he stepped into that one you know really confidently and that was something we you know hadn't seen a ton of uh even from him to that point so I, I thought that was a positive um what one guy that we didn't talk about who I thought gave him some good minutes but also some kind of head scratching minutes was Freddie McSwain in the first yes. half 
He yeah. was, uh, you know, the eight, eight rebounds. I think he had all of them in the first half and, and scored a couple baskets, you know, made some plays uh, on the move, and even hit a face-up jump shot, which uh, emboldened him to take a second face-up jump shot, which did not <laughs> did not go well. Uh, I don't know if you can have a heat check from like on like a 15-foot jumper, but I, that's the way I categorized it in the game. Freddie, never shoot. So, okay, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Freddie because that's where I wanted to go next because I agree with you. I thought he provided some really important minutes in the first half, You know, got some offensive rebounds, helped Indiana establish kind of that, you know, that they were going to take control on the glass early and, you know, had that jump shot, you know, made a bucket down low. I'll tell you where everything turned for him. If you recall, and this was still in the first half, he went up for that dunk and he missed the dunk. And it's almost like he got, you know, frustrated. And I don't know if he was a little bit tired at that point because he'd been playing a little bit, but he missed that dunk on the next possession. And he, he kind of didn't hustle back on the next possession down. He missed a bunny and he was really lackadaisical getting back. And his man is just standing over in the corner for a three-pointer, and he doesn't notice it until the man's already got the ball. And so he kind of does some fake hustle to get out to the guy. And you saw Archie Miller react to it before the guy even shot the ball. Archie kind of did that thing that coaches do where they kind of like turn around and kind of like fake throw their jacket, you know? And like you could just tell he was ticked. And Freddie got taken out right after that. And I think, you know, for a guy like Freddie McSwain, you know, he can't have those kind of mental lapses because you know we we've all recognized and we recognized this at a point last year he can come in and really provide good minutes when he's hustling and doing his things doing freddie mcswain things but when he gets out of that and gets a little flustered or makes a play and loses his focus you know now those things go away because his defense isn't very good he's not getting the rebounds and so i thought it kind of really turned for him and i'm not sure he had another rebound after that i mean i'd have to go check but i think his production basically ended after that and and i don't know how excited archie was to play him uh after seeing that play for a yeah, guy whose entire game is built on hustle you can't display fake hustle I mean, you just can't. Like, his whole thing is that he out-hustles guys and plays hard, and you just can't throw in fake hustle if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be that guy. Yeah. He only played about three minutes in the second half, I think, maybe a little bit more than that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought he, but I thought he did some good things, and and certainly without Deron Davis for, you know, some period of time, maybe the rest of the season, depending upon, you know, what reports are out there and, and, and who said what. I mean, he's going to have to, He's going to have to play more, but I think it's you know him trying to you know stay within himself while he's on the court because he was really effective early on in in what he did, and uh, you know who knows how long Hartman might be out. But I thought it, it kind of actually gives way to another thing we had talked about with not playing guys with two fouls. It was a stretch in the first half when he really couldn't take Freddie out. Um, this was a you know again kind of a you could call it a great coaching move. You could call it a great coaching move that was made out of necessity, but Juwan really needed a rest and, and Smith had already been out with two fouls, which is why Freddie was playing so much anyway. Um, and so, you know, came in, Justin made a, a play or two in there, gave Juwan some rest, got, got back out and didn't get another foul. So I think that was an interesting one, but I mean, had McSwain not played as well as he did when he first went in, I'm not really sure what other direction Archie would have been able to turn, uh, quite honestly, but uh, you know, I thought good minutes from him and and just another adjustment again, maybe out of necessity by Archie that we saw that was a, a big one today. Yep. All right. You're listening to the assembly call IU post game show. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy bottoms and Ryan Phillips breaking down Indiana 75 71 victory over Minnesota. So let me ask you guys this, you know, kind of big picture, you know, we've seen at times, you know, a guy gets injured, you know, other guys kind of rally around and you can do that for 40 minutes. And we saw, you know, great effort from a team that has been inconsistent, when it comes to effort. So, you know, what elements of this game today 
are you willing to kind of believe in moving forward? Because now Indiana plays Penn State and Northwestern uh, as they head home. Uh, you know, Andy, is there anything from this game that you're going to take and kind of be confident in and start to count on? Or is this something where we still, you know, you got, you got to keep this team at arm's length a little bit, given their history, and just see if they can stack another game, you know, with, with focus and effort and energy on top of this one and see how many they can stack in a row before you really start to buy in and say any kind of corner is turned. Yeah, I mean, I think if we've learned anything from watching this team, it's that you, you probably can't get too high and maybe you can't get too low. So I, you know, I think there are definitely positive things. I, you know, I'm certainly hopeful that Justin Smith can continue, uh, you know, what he, what he showed. And I think IU can play, they've played well in stretches because without Deron Davis, because they've almost had to, again, by necessity with, with his foul trouble and just the playing time that he's seen. So I think playing without him is a situation they've, for better or worse, gotten accustomed to over the course of the season. I think the Hartman one is a little bit bigger. Um, and it seemed like at least if he warmed up today, there, you know, maybe there's a good chance that he comes, uh, you know, that he comes back uh, when they play Penn State. But, you know, I, I think the off ball movement, uh, again, to go back to that, I thought was really good. I think that's something that for a team that's that struggles to really create one on one shot opportunities, they're going to have to continue that. And it was I mean, it was so striking it was so much strikingly better than it had been during the season that you hope that, you know, those are some lessons that they can take away. But yeah, I think like most fans, I'm probably in the keep them at arm's length camp. Yeah. All right. Coming up in our final segment of this edition of the assembly call, we hand out our game balls. We look ahead to Indiana's next opponent and we deliver our final thoughts on Indiana's 75, 71 victory in last call. That is next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, wrapping up our breakdown of Indiana's 75-71 win over Minnesota. And gentlemen, it is time to hand out our game balls. And Ryan, I know that you only have a few minutes left uh, to be with us, but let's uh, let's hand out our game balls. You can go first and give uh, us your last call if you want to as well. Yeah, Justin Smith, 20 points, three rebounds, uh, two turnovers. Uh, seven of ten, four of four from the from the field, four of four from the free throw line, two of two from the three from three point range in twenty six minutes. The freshman getting a start here uh, is clearly my game ball. I thought that he provided an energy and a boost, uh, a little more athleticism too, to a team that really desperately needed it uh, at this point of the season. Uh, just a really encouraging start for him, and and I really loved what he provided up and down the floor today. Uh, and and look even defensively he made some mistakes but uh his energy and effort was there and he was locked in so i gotta give it to him i think that was the big change for this team from wisconsin was seeing him play a lot i know robert johnson career high and i'm sure you guys will get him and juan morgan both in here i i have a feeling (laughs) that those will be the other guys i don't know who's taking who but i think andy's gonna be very mad at you if you take robert johnson um so yeah, I just I thought that that was the big change for Indiana today was getting it was getting Justin Smith on the floor and letting him kind of do his thing and settle in there and uh, I hope we see more of it because it, we we all know how high we all were on him as a recruit and how much we really liked him last year uh, coming in you know at, when we were scouting him before he hit campus and uh, I, I think that uh, that that was a big uh, a, a big bonus to Indiana now you've got another guy who can, who can clearly do some things to play at this level and that's really my final thought was I, I thought that that you know it was a big win for Indiana on the road uh, again to clarify for people I got to run because of football playoffs um, but I 
I think that it was a huge road win for Indiana. They showed a lot of maturity. When things started to go bad in the second half, they could have wilted and they did not. They stood up to it. And I tweeted out, you know, they were down about four with a few minutes left. And you looked at how they were attacking offensively with their best players on the floor. And I said, if Indiana gets stops, they're going to win this game. The thing is, they got to get stops. And they weren't getting stops for much of the second half. They all of a sudden just bowed their back and got some stops. And they were able to win the game and they made free throws late to seal it again, showing some maturity and showing some confidence. And I thought that was the key to the, the key to everything uh, was just a team that refused to, to lose the game. They really did. And, and that was impressive. So hopefully, again, I'm keeping him at arm's length as well, but hopefully this is something that can be sustainable. Very nice. Thank you very much, Ryan. Uh, Andy. Thanks, everybody. Your, your game ball. I mean, I feel like this should be an obvious choice, but. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely for me. It was Robert Johnson. You know, it, we talked about on Assembly Call Radio this week about the whole notion of you know kind of playing hard versus playing well. And he was the guy that I singled out as you know I think he's playing really hard. He's just not playing all that well. And I thought there was still some of those moments tonight when uh, you know he he ended up with three turnovers, which was the the most of anybody on the team. That feels low. I mean, it, it, it did. Like quite he could have had a lot more than that. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It felt like it felt like more. Quite honestly, when I looked, but. Um, you know, he's now got 12 assists over his last two games. He grabbed seven rebounds, uh, made the big free throws and, and scored a career high in 28 points. And, and as you said, when they really needed baskets, uh, he was one of the guys that really stepped up to do it. And so, um, yeah, for me, uh, certainly as president of the fan club, the choice was pretty obvious, but I don't know that you could really go wrong with either of the three guys. I mean, when you've got a game that three guys scored 91% of the points, um, I'm not sure that you can really go wrong with any of the three, but, uh, yeah, he was, he was the pick for me. I thought he played, um, pretty solid defensively. Uh, as well did have some lapses where he didn't play well there but uh, again continues to have a lot on his plate on both ends of the court and was uh was glad to see him play well rise to the occasion tonight yes yeah, this, this segment would have been much harder if this was a two-man show yeah uh, <laughs> hey by the way our buddy chris uh, who runs the iu artifacts twitter account just popped into the to the youtube chat and said jared has there been any reference to ryan's bold juan morgan prediction in preseason and your stunned reaction and for those who missed that i think that was on assembly call radio when ryan you know basically said you know Jawan morgan might not be here next year and we were like you know where is he going to go and he said he might go pro and that kind of stunned me stunned a lot of us and i could have read this by the way while ryan was on here but he's already had enough i told you so moments today so i didn't want to give him the satisfaction but look i mean you got to give uh ryan a very teeny tiny bit of credit and give Jawan morgan a massive amount of credit for the way that his game has developed and, and he gets my game ball and Again, you know, I feel like sometimes when a guy establishes himself as the clear leader like Yogi did for several years there, you run the risk of starting to take that guy's production for granted. And Jawan has become that guy now. I mean, on a team of inconsistent players, and granted, he's had some inconsistent games. I mean, I didn't think he was particularly great against Wisconsin. And for stretches of that game, I didn't think he was good, but he still produced. And this is a team that really just struggles to, to produce sometimes. And so you need those consistent producers. And, you know, he certainly put up the numbers today, the 20 points, the 12 rebounds. You know, he had four block shots. And look, let's not underestimate the block shot that he had at the end of the first half. Because I think at that point, did he have two? I, he might have had two fouls at that point, or maybe he only had one. But either way, you know, he couldn't risk getting a foul. But I, I think it was Nate Mason or somebody drove to the lane 
And, you know, Jawan had a great block shot that allowed Indiana to maintain the lead. And just those plays, the big buckets that he made, the big rebounds that he got, which, you know, I really feel like for a team that came into this game because of the keys from their coach, you know, really focusing on rebounding. I really thought as much as the, you know, you know, three pointer set tones and some of the breakaways and the dunks for Justin Smith might have set the tone. I thought Juwan Morgan's toughness on the glass set as big a tone as any for Indiana. And so he gets my game ball. And I, I frankly, I just I mentioned this before. I thought he was the best player on the court today. Um, it was just such a consistent force for Indiana and continues to show that he's a great player and perhaps an all Big Ten level player. And if he can keep shooting in the future like he did today, uh, you know, the sky's the limit for the kind of impact that he can have on the Big Ten this year um, for this Indiana team that's going to have to scratch and claw its ways to victory. And they're going to have to follow Juwan Morgan's lead to do it. So he was terrific tonight. All right, uh, Andy, let's take a quick look ahead at Indiana's next opponent. I believe that game is Tuesday, an early start against Penn State. Am I correct? 630 Eastern? I it believe. is Tuesday. I do not have the time in front of me, but that sounds that sounds accurate. So yeah, Penn State, I mean they're 12 and 5, 2 and 2 in the league. Uh like I think most of the teams are at this point, 2 and 2 in the league. But um, you know, they they beat Northwestern pretty handily uh last night, but they really don't have really any any top wins to speak of they've lost to most of the good teams they play they also lost to Ryder uh at home and you know this feels like you know i don't know how many times it, it seems like it's happened that you know, everybody kind of thinks this is the year that penn state's going to turn the corner and they do have a lot of good players and and you know tony carr lamar stevens um being back as sophomores um mike watkins the big guy redshirt sophomore uh has been good as well so um they have if you if you look at them statistically this season, they currently are in the top twenty in adjusted defensive efficiency for uh, for the season. But it's interesting if you if you look at where they are in just in league play, they're sixth in the league in in conference only games. So some of that I think is built up by a schedule that they played that's not uh, all that good. And and while you know Ken Tom does adjust for some of the you know kind of the quality uh, components, uh, that that'll be interesting. So again, if they're really that good defensively. Um, that will certainly be a challenge for an IU team that has that has struggled to score. Um, but, you know, and a lot of times they, they just haven't played well away from home and they haven't played well against uh, some of the better teams they've played. Whether you put IU in the in the category of better teams they've played is, is probably up for debate uh, at this point. But, um, you know, I, I think it'll be certainly be a tough test. Uh, hopefully IU can, uh, you know, get some rest of the guys that, that had to log all those minutes today, but, um, should be a relatively, you know, evenly matched game. I, I would say their, their defense is better than their offense, uh, at this point and, um, you know, should be a, a should be a pretty good game. And I'll tell you what, it's nice the order that these two games happened in. I'm really glad that the Wisconsin game and kind of that poor performance came first. And now you've got a little momentum from the Minnesota game that hopefully will carry into a nice crowd for that Penn State game. You know, and, and I think, you know, a crowd after that Wisconsin game, you know, might have been kind of pensive, might have been a little bit frustrated, certainly would have responded to the team playing well. But now I think, you know, they'll be ready to go from the start. And, and look, in this team, you know, they respond to that. Um, so, you know, this isn't necessarily a you know, game like the Duke game where it's nationally televised in a, in a you know big game from that perspective. But it's the kind of game that if you're going to, you know, I, certainly we're not talking about challenging, you know, for competing in the Big Ten. But if you're going to challenge for a 500 record in the Big Ten, let's say this is the kind of game that you need to win. You know, and so I think Indiana's got to come out, play with the same kind of effort and focus and just do whatever it takes mentality that they had today. Um, and if they do that, they can get a win. That's a win they absolutely need to have. 
Well, and I mean, if you look three of the next four at home, you've gotten two road games uh, already out of the way, out of the gate. And each of these three home games is winnable. You've got Penn State, uh, probably be the toughest game of the three. You've got Northwestern, who is really reeling at this point, not playing well at all. Then you go to take that trip up to East Lansing where, you know, there are zero expectations for that game. Uh, but you come 4% home, chance to win, yeah. according to Ken Palm. You're telling me there's a chance. I'd, li- uh, I'd like to see how those one in a million talk. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, and then they, um, <laughs> you know, then they, they come back home to play Maryland, who's, you know, dealing with injuries and, and really struggling as well. So if ever there was a time for this team to really develop a little bit of consistency, sustain some of the positive growth that they had today, it feels like this stretch presents an opportunity to do that. Whether they'll take it or not goes back to the things that we talked about before. If we all are in the, like, I'm keeping this team at arm's length, I'm not going to get too excited about it. But if ever there was a time that they could really do that and kind of build some momentum, this is a great stretch for it. Um, And I think, you know, that first game of of those four will tell us a lot about whether they're going to be able to take advantage of that opportunity or not. This this kind of time frame, this you know this this January sequence here always seems to kind of be a time where we build a little bit of momentum. Like last year, even we did that. This is when that victory over Michigan State happened, and I think we got over five hundred and started to think, hey, maybe we can make something of this season before it all came crashing down again. So you know, hopefully, uh, like you like you said, hopefully the team can take advantage because. I mean, they need to win some of these games because this is a nice stretch of winnable games. All right. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. Remember, because you are an Assembly Call listener, you get 15% off your entire order at HoosierProud.com. So if you want officially licensed IU gear, one of our Assembly Call logo t-shirts or one of Hoosier Proud's unique Indiana-inspired designs, visit HoosierProud.com and use the promo code ASSEMBLY at checkout. That's HoosierProud.com, promo code ASSEMBLY for 15% off your entire order. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms. Ryan Phillips was with us. Had to bow out a little bit early tonight, but it is time for last call. Andy, your closing statement on tonight's much-needed Indiana victory. Yeah, it was, uh, I think, much-needed on a number of fronts. It was It was just nice to sit back and be proud of the way this team played and fought and get excited about the things that they were doing for the first time, feels like, in a few weeks. Um and so, you know, I guess w- when I go back to why we do this show, why we started the show and all that, it was because we were all fans and enjoyed seeing the team play well uh, and, and love to see them sometimes against the odds, you know, rise up and, and play really well. And I thought this was, uh, you, you know, for me after the last few days of, you know, trying to parse through and process and, and all those kinds of things with what had happened against Wisconsin, um, while this team has certainly proven to be Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, it, it was a, it was a fun game. It was fun to watch this team succeed, and hopefully, it's something that they can really build some confidence one from because they should be proud of the way that they played. Um, you know, particularly those guys who really shouldered the load and stepped up, uh, who may not have shown leadership from a vocal standpoint, um, but they sure put the team on their back when they really needed it. And every time things started to get away from them in a way that games have gotten away from this team over the course of the season one of those guys stepped up and made a play and that was awesome to see. And and those are some of the things that we all kind of expected coming into the season out of a veteran team. Like you've got guys who are going to want to do that. Um, so we're now officially past the halfway mark of the season. And hopefully uh, that's a sign of things to come. As we all said, we're a, a little bit leery to believe that and go all in on it, but it was a, it was a really fun game, fun to watch and, and something these guys should really be proud of uh, both the players and the coaches to, to come back from a really disappointing performance. And for every bit as disappointing as the other one was, this one was just as exciting. 
Absolutely. You know, I want to use my final statement just to, to throw some more kudos Robert Johnson's way and, and really to try and counter some of the negativity that I see about him. You know, it, it's and Andy, you noticed this the couple of games that you man the assembly call Twitter account. You know, the negativity towards Robert, I, I, I just I don't think it's warranted. And that's not to say that there aren't things to critique because there certainly are. And, you know, it hasn't just been that he shot poorly this year. You know, I think if it was just about, you know, Robert, you know, shooting and, and he's shooting 31.7% from three point range, you know, we could all live with a guy not necessarily shooting well, but it's, it's the turnovers and it's, you know, some of the boneheaded decisions and, and some of the tentativeness, you know, that we see that frustrates everybody. And I get that. And, and there's something to be said for this guy as a senior, he's played a lot of minutes. He should be held to a higher standard. And I get that too, but that doesn't mean that you can just dismiss all the positive contributions that a guy makes because your head is caught in a fog of the negative plays. And for any player, what they do on the court, you know, you have to add up their positive contributions, subtract their negative contributions. And if it's positive, then that guy is contributing. And obviously the better the player, you know, the bigger the difference between those two. And, and, and some of Robert's bad plays really stick out because it's poor ball handling or it's the kind of decision that, you know, we look at, you know, obviously as guys that all played basketball at, at varying levels and say, well, shoot, you know, that seemed like an easy decision. You made a shot fake. You're wide open for a little floater. Just take it, you know, and, and so it becomes one of those decisions that's easier to chastise and, and that kind of lingers in the mind. But I would really for those of you, if you found yourself unable to get excited about this performance from Robert Johnson. Even before his flurry at the end where he was scoring points, I would really challenge you to try to see the good in, in what Robert is doing out there. You don't have to ignore the bad, but try to see the good and focus on some of the positive plays because we have seen Archie be extremely willing to sit guys and not play guys. And if you're not playing well or playing hard or doing the kinds of things that he wants you to do, he'll sit you. There's a reason that Robert's leading the team in minutes and playing 83% of the minutes. You know, I, I just I don't think it's an effort thing with him. I don't think it's a want to thing. I think he struggled with confidence, you know, struggles with his assertiveness sometimes and learning his new role. Uh, but I, I thought today was really different for him. And I hope it's a turning point. We'll have to see. But I thought he really rebounded from some poor plays and came back at the end of that game and was just tremendous. And, and even throughout the game, you know, as he was piling up, you know, some turnovers and some bad plays was countering them with good defense or by making a shot or by making a good cut here. And so. Just, you know, you see this sometimes with seniors, you know, where guys expect the world from them. And when, you know, that guy only gives us 70 percent or, you know, shoot 65 percent of what we think, what we think they're capable of, what our expectations are, we get overly negative. And so I just let's be careful with the narrative about Robert Johnson. Again, there, there are things to critique and, and it's never wrong to critique a play that a guy makes. But I just think you run the risk of not enjoying this guy's senior season and the positive contributions that he's making if you just focus on the negative. So try to focus on the positive. That's my final thought today. And, you know, obviously it's uh, it's easier to to make that statement on a night when Robert goes 28-7 and 7 has two steals and makes some of the biggest plays down the stretch for Indiana's first road win. Uh, but a huge, huge win for the team. Uh, you know, really proud of them. Even though it's a shorthanded Minnesota team, it was a shorthanded Indiana team, you know, playing without a, a big man in Deron Davis, playing without a leader in Colin Hartman. And I just thought they showed a lot of grit, a lot of toughness. And it's kind of cheesy to say they wanted it more. But I walk away from this game thinking that Indiana wanted this win a little bit more than Minnesota did. And that's why we got it, because we got some of those loose balls, got some of those tough rebounds. 
And that's the kind of team that I'm proud to cheer for. Really proud of the Hoosiers tonight. All right, that'll do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Remember, our live broadcasts immediately following every IU game are always available on our homepage at assemblycall.com and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And you can always catch up on demand anytime with our podcast. Just search for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts. And perhaps most importantly, don't forget to go to assemblycall.com slash join and join our free email newsletter. We send out a weekly uh, news roundup, even in the off season, six banner Sunday to keep you up to date on everything going on with the Hoosiers. And the morning after every game, we send out a post-game analysis email that often <laughs> provides insight that we, uh, you know, did say on the show that, that we are able to, uh, uh, to, to to remember kind of glean with a little bit of hindsight uh, and some perspective a couple hours after the game. So if you want the full assembly call experience, go to assemblycall.com slash join, get on that list. All right. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you again Tuesday night after IU Penn state. And then of course, again, after that on Thursday for assembly call radio until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go Hoosiers. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of The Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com slash support that lists five ways that you can support The Assembly Call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating, and so many of you have donated, and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show... We appreciate it. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.